Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Voice of Alignment. My name is Sean Okikiola and it is always a great pleasure to share with you on this podcast from the living word of God. I hope and I trust that you've been having a great day or you've had a great day or you're about to have an amazing day. This is a day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, in this episode, we're going to be continuing from where we stopped in the last episode. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing the part three of our series on the principles of a divine breakthrough. Over the past two episodes, we have been looking into the principles of a divine breakthrough. We started this series in episode 19 of this podcast. And one of the things we established is the fact that a divine breakthrough is a breakthrough that is powered by God. It is a breakthrough that cannot be explained without credit to God. A breakthrough can be attributed to efforts, diligence, connections, resources, and everything that a man puts in or invests into ensuring and securing the breakthrough. But A divine breakthrough cannot be credited to the efforts, to the diligence, to the connections, to the resources and everything that a man has or deploys. In other words, what separates a breakthrough from a divine breakthrough is the fact that a breakthrough can be credited to man and not God, but a divine breakthrough can only be credited to God. Why do we need divine breakthroughs? What is the relevance of a divine breakthrough? You may be listening to me right now and probably you do not even believe in God. And you are wondering and asking yourself why on earth you will ever need a divine breakthrough. Well, my dear friend, divine breakthroughs are needed and are relevant in our time because there are certain situations we may find ourselves in which will defy all human efforts, diligence, connections, resources, and everything that a man has or is capable of deploying. These, my friends, are the kind of situations that make a divine breakthrough of crucial importance. Sometimes, what is normal to others can become a struggle, either by coincidence or by opposition, particularly spiritual opposition. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations that are beyond human capacity. These are the kind of situations that need a divine breakthrough. An example of this kind of situation, which you know have, has been seen a lot of times, especially in churches and in the body of Christ, are cases where you have couples who, you know, have been married for several years and are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Now, they've gone to the doctors, the doctors have examined them and they said everything is okay with the man, everything is okay with fruit of the womb has somehow been withheld. Now, this is a situation that needs a divine breakthrough because it defies all human capacity, it defies the principles that we know because They've been checked, the man is okay, the woman is okay, yet they don't have the babies coming. But these kind of situations are not beyond the limit, are not beyond the capacity of God. And these are some of the reasons why a divine breakthrough 
is important. So there are some situations that would defy human understanding, some situations that we experience that would defy human logic or human uh, remedy or human solutions. And it is only through a divine breakthrough that what is desired becomes a reality. Now that we have an insight into what divine breakthroughs are, we have been focusing on the principles of a divine breakthrough. When we talk about principles, we are not only talking about facts that are common denominators in several instances of divine breakthroughs, especially in the scriptures. We are also talking about facts and tips that we can also leverage on in order to secure a divine breakthrough in any area of our lives where we need one. So in the first part of this series, we looked at one of the principles of a divine breakthrough, which is the fact that a divine breakthrough is positioned for. We said in the first part of this series, which is episode 19, we said that for you to experience a divine breakthrough, you need to be positioned for it. And when we talk about being positioned for a divine breakthrough, the emphasis is on the fact that when you have a divine breakthrough, yes, you have to take some steps. Yes, you have to do some things. But the things that you are required to do on their own cannot take the credit for the divine breakthrough. And so a lot of times God will ask us to do some things that are beyond normal, some things that we may look at and uh, consider to be abnormal. But God is doing that in order for us to, you know, open the door for him to come in, to step into that situation and to give us the breakthrough that we desire. So it's all about being positioned. It's all about being aligned through obedience. Then in the second part of this series, which is episode 20, we looked at two other principles. The second principle we looked at was the fact that a divine breakthrough happens within the confines of the divine agenda and the will of God. And the third principle is the fact that nothing triggers a divine breakthrough like the word of God. Now, speaking on the third principle, which is the fact that nothing triggers a divine breakthrough like the word of God. One of the very key points we established when we're talking about this third principle in the last episode was the fact that God's word is spirit. In John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus, who is the word that became flesh, Jesus himself said that the words that I speak to you are spirit and our life. It is the spirit in the word that makes the word alive. That is why the word can be sent on an errand by God. The book of Psalms chapter 107 verse 20 says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them of their destruction. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says, So my word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper where I send it. It takes a living thing to run an errand. So the word of God is alive. And we also, through faith and through our confession, can deploy that word as a tool of our divine breakthrough. Recently, I've been working on a particular project, which, you know, happens to be a bit uh, capital intensive. And, you know, it's been uh, a bit of a challenge and, you know, 
sometimes I worry about it. But one of the scriptures that you know I've kept using or I've kept holding on to is the scripture in Second uh, Kings chapter three verse seventeen, which says that you may not see the rain or you may not see the wind, but the valley, but your valley will be filled with water. And so I just keep declaring that word. Even most of the time I get worried and then, you know, I have to, you know, take that conscious step of bringing myself out of that worry and then resting myself in that word. And I keep declaring that word. I keep telling myself and I keep speaking it out. I keep saying it that I may not see the rain. I may not see the wind, but my valley will be filled with water and I will drink of it. And bit by bit, the situation is taking shape. Things are falling into place bit by bit. So, you see, the word of God is very, very instrumental in securing a divine breakthrough. Now, if you have not had the opportunity to listen to part one and part two of this series, which are episode 19 and 20, please do well to ensure that you listen to them. You can visit www.voiceofalignment.com forward slash podcast and scroll to episode 19 or episode 20 and either listen to them online or you can download them on your device and listen to them. Now, in this episode um, of this podcast, I'll be sharing only one principle of a divine breakthrough, which will be the fourth principle in this series. And what is this principle? The fourth principle is the fact that nothing unlocks the door to a divine breakthrough like spiritual authority. I'll repeat that. Nothing unlocks the door to a divine breakthrough like spiritual authority. Now, it is important to emphasize that in presenting these principles, I am very careful with words. In the last principle, we said nothing triggers a divine breakthrough like the word of God. Now we are saying nothing unlocks the door to a divine breakthrough like spiritual authority. Now, you see, the word trigger means initiate. One of the meanings of that word means to initiate. But you see, the word unlock means to undo. You can initiate a breakthrough with the word of God. But it is one thing to initiate something. It is another thing for that thing to be completed. You can pull a trigger. But if there is a barrier between you and your target... What you initiated by pulling the trigger will never hit the target. The barrier must be taken down. What am I saying? Sometimes you can pray fast, quote scriptures and do all of that. And yet the divine breakthrough will seem a distant reality. One of the solutions to such situations is spiritual authority. In several portions of the scripture, you will see how men and women with spiritual authority unlocked doors and divine breakthroughs for people. But when we talk about spiritual authority, what do we mean? When I talk about spiritual authority, I'm talking about men and women who are anointed by God and who you are either sent to or are sent to you. Now, take careful note of these two conditions. Number one is that these are people that are anointed by God. And the second condition here is that they must be people that it's either you are sent to them or they are sent to you. 
These are two non-negotiable conditions for spiritual authority that can unlock the door to a divine breakthrough for you. I repeat that. These are two non-negotiable conditions for spiritual authority that can unlock the door to a divine breakthrough for you. Now, let's look at some examples or illustrations from the scripture. A common example of this can be seen in the case of Elisha and Naaman, the, the Syrian army general. Now, when you read the account of the story of uh, Elisha and this um, army general in 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 19, you will see how Naaman accessed the divine breakthrough in the form of healing from leprosy through Elisha, who was an embodiment of spiritual authority. Now, there is no doubt that Elisha was anointed, but not only was Elisha anointed, Naaman was sent to Elisha. In other words, behind the scene of what you read in 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 19, God was at work orchestrating the steps of Naaman to Elisha. How do I know this? First, Naaman had leprosy and then his slave girl suggested that he should go to Elisha. Now, instead of going directly to Elisha, Naaman goes to his king, who then sends him not to Elisha, but to the king of Israel. Not only does Naaman's king send him to the king of Israel, Naaman's king, or let's, let's just call him Naaman's boss, Naaman's boss sends Naaman with a letter which does not even mention or ask the king of Israel to allow Naaman to visit Elisha. The letter Naaman's boss wrote was like an instruction to the king of Israel to heal Naaman. That was why when you read verse 7 of 2 Kings chapter 5, you will see that the king of Israel read this letter and got angry and tore his clothes after reading this letter. It was like a provocation to him. But something interesting happened in verse 8. Elisha heard about the situation and then asked the king to send Naaman to him. Now, when you think about this, it becomes clear that Naaman was sent to Elisha. Even when the intervention of Naaman's boss, that is Naaman's king, even when that intervention seemed to have threatened or derailed the entire process, Elisha still ended up sending for Naaman. And then the rest is history. Elisha gave instructions. Naaman was initially angry but ended up obeying and then his divine breakthrough was delivered. Another example we can see is in the case of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. In 1 Kings chapter 17 from verse 7 to 16, we see a story of how Elijah was sent to a widow of Zarephath in a period of a famine that Elijah had prophesied. The woman was about to prepare her last meal for herself and her son and just die. But when you read verse 13 to 16, you will see what transpired. 1 Kings chapter 17 from verse 13 to 16 says, Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Verse 14 says, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. 
the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Verse 15 says, She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Verse 16 says, For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now, let me give a bit of uh, a context to this passage. Now, there was a famine and uh, Elijah, God had hidden Elijah um, uh, at a brook, brook Cherith, and, you know, the brook had dried up. While Elijah was there, the brook was still running and God was, you know, using ravens to feed um, Elijah. Now, the brook dried up and God had to uh, take Elijah out of that place to another place. Now, God had, God had, ordained that this widow, this woman, uh, widow of Zarephath, was going to feed her. Now, Elijah approaches this woman and, you know, asks for, for, for a meal. And the woman is saying, oh, I just have uh, just enough meal to prepare for myself and my son and we're just going to eat it and we're just going to die. And Elijah now says these things that we just read out. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go home and do as you have said. But first of all, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. And then he says, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says, the jar of oil will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So we see a situation here or in this instance, you see that this is a case where Elijah who is like a spiritual authority, who is the spiritual authority here, he was sent to this widow. And by virtue of the ministry of Elijah and by virtue of the declarations of Elijah, what seemed to be a meal that was enough for just this woman and her son became a meal that lasted for several months, you know, uh, and was able to feed herself, her son, Elijah, and her family was able to feed them until God sent the rain. If not for Elijah, the woman and her son would have been wiped out by famine. Now, we have looked at two examples here, but there are several more in the scriptures, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. These are just some of the illustrations of how through spiritual authority, a divine breakthrough can happen. Now, one vital key to note here is that spiritual authorities or men and women with spiritual authority are like custodians of divine portals. They can open and they can shut in the spiritual realm. They can lock and they can unlock in the spiritual realm. And because the spiritual realm controls and supersedes the physical realm, the effect of their spiritual authority can be seen in the physical. Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 16 verse 19 and he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So you see, these are men who possess keys. These are men and women who possess keys of the kingdom of heaven. They are anointed and have the spiritual legality 
to enforce a divine breakthrough. Now, remember that we said that there are two conditions to unlock a door to a divine breakthrough through spiritual authority. First, we said that they must be anointed by God. And then secondly, we said that they must be sent to you or you must be sent to them by God. Now, let me end this episode by focusing on these two conditions and try to give you some tips and some words of advice here um, around these two conditions. First, we said they must be anointed by God. Now, listen to this and listen very carefully. The greatest error you can fall into is to seek or to receive a divine breakthrough through a man or a woman who is not anointed by God and who operates by a spirit that is contrary to the Holy Spirit. I repeat that. The greatest error you can fall into is to seek or to receive a breakthrough through a man or a woman who is not anointed by God and who operates by a spirit that is contrary to the Holy Spirit. You see, we live in a time and we live in a season where there are men and women who parade themselves as men and women of God, but operate by spirits that are not of God. The fact that a person sees visions or prophesies does not mean that he or she is anointed by God. In fact, the fact that he or she performs miracles does not mean that he or she is anointed by God. In Matthew chapter 7 from verse 15 to 16, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Verse 16 says, You will know them by their fruits. You see, the danger with getting a breakthrough from a spiritual authority that is not of God is the fact that what you get that seems like a breakthrough is only a dragnet in disguise which the devil would use to collect from you much more than he gave to you you know what a dragnet is you know think about a fishing net you throw a a net into the sea and then you drag out a whole bunch of fishes you know from from the sea or from the river or from wherever you're fishing you know so you see when you begin to seek or when you Uh, receive a breakthrough from men and women who operate false prophets men and women who operate by a spirit that is not of god what you are doing is that you are opening the door for the never for for the enemy to throw a dragnet to throw a net into your life and what he's going to drag out are things that are much more than what he gave you initially a typical example you know, can be seen in the case, uh, you know, of a story, uh, a, a movie that I watched. You know, this is, this was a movie, but I believe these are things that you know have, have must have happened, you know, in real life. But this was a movie that I watched uh, several years ago. Here was a woman who, you know, they, they she got married at a um, at a young age, and for so many years they had been trusting God for the fruit of the womb, and you know and they had gone to different pastors and different places and different churches and all of that and then finally they went to uh this uh a, like uh, a fetish uh, doctor witch doctor or something like that you know they call they call them babalao in my language you know i don't know what 
maybe herbalists, I don't know. I don't know what to call them in English, you know, but these are fetish people, you know. So she goes to this fetish uh, practitioner or let's say wizard or something and presents her case and says, oh, this is what I'm, 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 I've been seeking for and I've been trusting uh, that it will happen for me someday and we've done everything and, you know, it's, we don't seem to be having a child. And this uh, fetish uh, man, you know, let me call on this, let me, permit me to call this person Babalawo. This Babalawo prepares something for her and gives it to her. She takes it, does what the man says, and then she conceives and gives birth to to uh, to to a son. Now, the son then grows up with the wealth because this this woman happened to be wealthy herself and her husband. She this so this boy grows up in wealth, and then at the end of the day, he becomes an armed robber. You know how how do you explain that? You're born somebody who is born into wealth and then what, what more are you looking for? So, you see, these are the ways that the devil would, you know, give you one thing with one hand and use another hand to throw a net into a person's life to, to, to drag out the treasure. So, you can imagine the trauma, you can imagine the disgrace that this woman faced as a result of uh, what this child uh, turned out to become in the future and so you look at this kind of situation and you 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 wonder um, is it really worth it you know and this is how the devil operates so it is even more critical to be careful about this because you know you see to undo the effect of the wickedness that such spiritual authority will wreck in a person's life in the name of a breakthrough it can it's something that can take years you know, to undo uh, that effect. There are so many people who have given their lives to Christ, who have become born again, but, you know, maybe they've uh, been under, you know, authorities that are not of God and, you know, certain things have been done in their life and, you know, now they've been redeemed and, you know, they've, they are, maybe they, they are, uh, they are genuine believers now, they are following uh, Christ, uh, you know, and, seriously serving god and you know and all of that but then you see uh they 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 seem to still be suffering uh from you know some of the repercussions of the the, the past yes the bible uh says if any man be in christ all things are passed away all things have become new you know but then you know when the enemy has um a, a legal ground when things have been done in the life of a person which gives the enemy legality in the life of uh, of a person uh, it 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 takes uh it takes some more effort uh for that redemption for the redemption of this person to be full and complete so this is something that is very very important uh for us to take note of the second thing we said is that it's either you are sent to a man or a woman who is like an embodiment of spiritual authority or such person is sent to you. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you knowledge and understanding. Psalm chapter 68 verse 6 says, God set the solitary in families. So you see, God is in the business of linking up his children linking up people with 
men and women who are embodiments of spiritual authority. Psalm chapter 68 verse 6, like I just like we just saw, it says God set the solitary in families. And you see, these families have heads, these families have leaders, and these are men and women who are embodiments of spiritual authority over that family. So God can place you in such a family, and these people will kind of be like the spiritual authority over you and you see the prayer of these people the declarations of such people they go a long way they go a long not just a long way they go a long mile in rotting divine breakthrough in the life of the people that are within their families but when we talk about spiritual authority and you know being sent uh, to spiritual authority or spiritual authority being sent to you, it is important to understand that there are three categories of sending. You know, when we talk about being sent, uh, you know, there are three categories here. The first category is uh, in the fact that God can send uh, a spiritual authority to you or send you to a spiritual authority moment, really. In other words, for a short time. You know, it could be for an instance. Now, let me use an illustration or let me use an example to explain this. Now, we've had cases or we've had uh, incidences of, you know, people tuning into uh, to, to maybe like a live broadcast on a TV or maybe like uh, uh, or maybe just a broadcast, you know, a message or a preacher on the TV, a tele-evangelist, you know, and the tele-evangelist is on the TV and he prays and maybe he prophesies and says, oh, there's somebody you are going through this, this and this. Uh, God is saying uh, this, this and this and, you know, that's how they get their, their divine breakthrough, you know. So that's an instance or that's a case where uh, uh, the spiritual authority, the person that is an embodiment of that spiritual authority, who has that anointing, is sent to such a person uh, momentarily. So that's one category. Another category is uh, cases where uh, God sends spiritual authority to you or you, God sends you to a spiritual authority for a season. Now, um, a typical example of this can be seen like in one of the instances we saw, First uh, Kings chapter 17 from verse 7 to 6, uh, the case of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, you know. So, God sent Elijah to that woman for a season. A season could be a month, it could be two months, it could be half half a year, it could be a year, it could be two years, you know, it could be three years, but it is a season. So, in other words, that uh, that relationship or, or, or that's what God is trying to do by sending you to such a person or by connecting you with such a spiritual authority, that relationship or that connection has a time limit. And you know, see, you see several, there are several instances of this, uh, you know, in the scripture. Maybe God is taking you through a phase in your life, and you know, especially when there are people who have uh, certain dimensions of anointing that are unique, you know people who have certain dimensions of anointing and power who carry certain uh, levels of anointing and power that you know are very rare so and maybe what they carry is something that you need for a particular phase or for a particular moment in your life you know maybe what they carry is is what you need for a breakthrough in that phase or in that moment of your life so god can bring you into connection with such uh, with such a person for 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 a season and the third category is uh, where god sends 
uh, you to a spiritual authority or sends a spiritual authority to you for a lifetime. Now, you know, oftentimes spiritual authorities in this category or these people that are sent to you uh, for a lifetime, oftentimes they, they are people who become uh, like spiritual parents, fathers, mothers in the faith. They are people who become like maybe role models uh, to you. You know, so these are people that, that can open and shut spiritual doors, you know, in your life. Now, not only is this seen in the case of people, we also see this um, in the case of nations. You see, Elisha was a prophet over a nation. So he was like the spiritual authority over that nation. So territories can have, you know, spiritual authority. God can anoint a man or a woman, you know, who has spiritual authority over, you know, a territory. And, you know, if you are trusting God for a divine breakthrough that has to do with like, uh, like, like, like a territorial uh, breakthrough, uh, then these are men and women who uh, you cannot brush aside because their word is like law in heaven and whatever they say, you know, it comes to pass. We see this, like I said, in the case of Elisha, who was like the spiritual authority over the nation of Israel. And, you know, he, he was so much of an authority over that nation that even though he was not the king, the king called him father. He was not the biological father of, of the king, but the king referred to him as father. And we see instances in the scripture where he made proclamations over the nation which came to pass. So, you see, the key and the most important point, having discussed these three uh, categories of relationships with spiritual authority, you see, the key point uh, here is that we must understand the people that God sends to us the men and the women who are embodiments of spiritual authority that God sends to us or that God sends us to. We must understand the nature of that relationship and we must have the wisdom to be able to uh, recognize, not just to recognize that relationship or such uh, relationships, but the wisdom to be able to maximize such relationships and get the best out of uh, such connections that God brings us to, whether it's uh, a momentary uh, connection, whether it's a connection for a season, or whether it's a connection to a spiritual authority for a lifetime. In conclusion, three things are very, very important when it comes to uh you know accessing divine breakthroughs uh through spiritual authority and these three things are important and, and i cannot end this uh episode without uh mentioning these three things one of them is faith faith plays a critical role in you being able to reach out and being able to access the treasures that these embodiments of spiritual authority uh, have to offer. You know, through faith, we are able to reach out and we are able to, you know, access the divine breakthroughs that, you know, are possible within the realm or within the confines of these connections or these relationships with uh, these uh, spiritual authorities. 
A typical example can be seen in the case um, of a Canaanite woman who went to meet Jesus, you know, and was asking uh, Jesus for, for, for a miracle. And uh, Jesus was saying something like he wasn't sent to her because she's not of the house of Israel. And she said that even dogs, you know, are entitled to the crumbs that fall from the table uh, of the children. And, and because of the way she responded to uh, what Jesus Christ said, Jesus saw faith in her and it was that faith that enabled her to access uh, that miracle. What about the woman with the with the issue of blood? You know, it was her faith that enabled her to be able to connect and to be able to draw that divine breakthrough from Jesus. Jesus turned to her and said, your faith has made you whole. So faith is very, very critical uh, in these connections. Uh, another thing that is very, very important is faithfulness. When I talk about faithfulness, I'm talking about commitment. And this is even much more critical when it's uh, a connection to a spiritual authority that is for a lifetime. You know, your commitment, your faithfulness uh, is very, very critical. An example can be seen in the case of Elijah uh, and Elisha. It was the faithfulness of Elisha that put him in a position where he was able to get a double portion of the anointing that was upon Elijah. So faithfulness is very, very important. And the third thing that is very important is honor. Honor is very, very important here because uh, you cannot draw or you cannot leverage spiritual authority that you have no honor uh, for. You know, honor is different from respect. Honor goes beyond uh, beyond respect. Uh, you show respect but uh you see respect is something it can you can anybody can put up respect as a show you know that's why they say uh, show respect you know but you see when it comes to honor honor is something you have you know you have honor you don't uh, it's it's not about showing honor it's about having honor you know when somebody when somebody shows honor or when somebody demonstrates honor they say okay this person has honor uh, you know, you can say this person has honor for me or this person has honor for so-so and so person. So, you see, when somebody has honor, it's something that it's not a show. It comes from within. You have it. It's, honor is something that comes uh, from within, you know. So, you cannot uh, leverage or you cannot access divine breakthroughs through spiritual authority that you you have no honor for, you know. And you see, the, the interesting thing is that about honor is that uh, even God... Uh, who is the one that can take off the person of that embodiment of spiritual authority and give it and give you the divine breakthrough that you need even god sees your heart and is able to weigh your level of honor so even if uh even if it's a case where you know the the spiritual authority uh you've put up a show you, you show respect and you know the spiritual authority thinks that oh this person honors me and things like that and the person prays for you uh heaven may decline that prayer because heaven looks at you and sees that okay this person you have no honor you have no honor for uh this spiritual authority and that alone disqualifies you uh, from a divine breakthrough so if you find yourself um in in uh in a connection with a spiritual authority whether it's you know a momentary uh connection whether it's a seasonal connection whether it's a lifetime uh connection uh, it is very important that you have honor for these people 
And this brings me to the end of this uh, episode. I want to believe and I want to trust that you've been blessed by this episode and you've learned something uh, very important, something very tangible uh, in this episode. Please do well uh, to share this episode with friends. Let people listen to it and let them be blessed by the content of this episode. And if you are not uh, subscribed or if you are not following us on any of the platforms that we are, we are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, uh, we are on all the major podcast apps, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, we are on all the major podcast apps. So please do well to search for us, just search for Voice of Alignment and please do well to follow us on any of these platforms and every time we post uh, an episode, you will be immediately notified. Now, this brings me to the end of this episode. I look forward to sharing the word of God again with you in the next episode. Until then, keep living in the blessings of God and in divine breakthrough. God bless you.